0: This is the MMA Takes Podcast, MMA Takes Podcast. with your host, Brian Petrie. Brian Petrie. Still undisputed. Quick night at the office for the champion, Israel Adesanya. Too easy. Too easy. Too motherfucking Easy. For my boy, Izzy. This is going to be the fuck you podcast to all those haters, to all those doubters. Ah, It feels good. It feels good that one of my favorite fighters won against a guy that a lot of people were picking. It feels good to be right. I Obviously, had some concern about Romero because he's a powerful guy, but he's only 13-0, and 13-1 now. He's fought nobodies. Izzy Adesan, this was his 100th fight with kickboxing and MMA combined. His striking's on another level. Paulo Costa did nothing. He landed, what, a jab, a couple body kicks, a couple leg kicks, and he got tore up. He didn't. Everyone's like, well, why didn't he come forward? Because if he came forward, he would have got knocked out earlier. Second round knockout by my guy, Izzy. It feels good. A lot of experts, and I'm doing the fucking finger quotes. Well, the the the, the um the 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 best money, the best value is gonna be on Pot. No, shut the fuck up. The best value was Israel Adesanya, who's gonna be the goat middleweight when it's all said and done. At plus one sixty eight is what I got him at. Plus one sixty eight. He should have been minus three twenty. He should oh, excuse me uh, minus one sixty eight, not plus. He was he was your favorite. He should have been minus three twenty. He should have been minus four hundred after that fucking fight. Everyone's like, I'm surprised Paulo Costa is the underdog. Why? He's done nothing. He hasn't fought in over year and done nothing. Is to outclassed him in every which way? Not even. It wasn't even a close. It was a complete domination. Izzy want to fight this guy from the gym our memory even before the title fight they they had a little words cuz Izzy made fun of his arm length and they they had a little bit of a beef they were they were they want the fight a while ago and it, and it never happened and I'm glad it happened now and I'm glad that Izzy won and shot everyone up well kind of so we do have titty gate which I will address that's what I'm calling it that's what a lot of people are calling it titty gate uh sign Asani's right titty looked a little uh, a little different a lot of comments are coming in obviously Um, so we'll get to that. We'll get to all the fights Let's do let's do the titty gate first then right. Okay, then we'll recap because I got uh I got some I mean this card we, There's a lot to talk about in this card. We'll recap everything tim. I and devin had a battle I'll tell you won that uh on the pickums and everything like that So titty gate obviously will uh, he's sign you know Obviously he dominated. We'll, we'll break down the fight in a little bit but he came out and he had, and I noticed it right away. I texted my buddy. I said, his right titty looks a little weird. Obviously, people were like, oh, it's gyno, which is another word for steroid chest right? Sure. Okay. Maybe. Um, but people on Instagram and, and Twitter aren't, aren't doctors. Okay. I don't know what it is. All I know is usually guys with steroid tests, they have it in both, both breasts, both pecs, not just one. Um, A lot of people are saying it's a torn pec. Uh, Didn't look like a torn pec to me. Could have been. Could have been like a pulled muscle, really bad muscle. Could have been some muscle damage, whatever the case might be. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But if you think that Paulo Costa isn't on some kind of steroid, if you think Yo Romero isn't on some kind of steroid, you're out of your fucking mind. So even if Izzy is, and I'm not saying he is, a lot of people are are accusing him, he's passed the test, right? USADA has not flagged him. Until he fails a test, my dude can have titties all he wants. I don't give a shit, right? Fedor is the best in the world with titties. I don't know. Who knows what it is? The only counter argument I have to address this is, is one. He's clearly fighting people with steroids. So if he's doing steroids, it's an even playing field. Because you can't look the, look me in the eye. No one can You look me in the eye and tell me Apollo Costa isn't on steroids. No one can look me in the eye and tell me, yo, Romero's not on steroids. The guy's 44 years old and he's fucking built like that. He didn't look like that when he was 20 in the Olympics. I mean, he was he was muscular, but he didn't look like he looks now. So if you're going to and tell me they're not on steroids, then you're crazy. So Izzy obviously is on the, is on a level playing field now and he's that much better than these guys. But obviously, if he is on steroids, he's breaking the rules. That's going to be that's going to be a terrible look for him. I don't necessarily think he is. I don't know what is up with the titty, if I'm being honest with you. I, the only explanation I have is, and this is a hundred percent true story. This isn't just me bailing out my buddy, Israel Adesanya, people who know me, people who know this story, know that it's true. When I was in sixth, seventh grade, when boy, and this doesn't happen to every, I've asked a lot of people, this doesn't happen to everybody. When, when boys go through puberty, their hormone imbalance is all off and they get these like hard lumps under their nipples, right? I had them and it, and it really created my nipple, um, Like pain in my nipple, I couldn't lay down on my chest when I was going through puberty. A friend of mine had the same thing. Um, You you mean, listen, this is this is all fucking science, guys. Look it up. Buddy of mine had the same thing. His was so bad that it literally ballooned up, bigger than what Izzy's titty was, and he had to get surgery on. it. He had like a weird thyroidism uh, hormonal imbalance in his system, and his puberty was 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 really overreacting with them. Now, obviously, I think the same science applies to. If a guy has gyno with a steroid chest is, is, you know, when you take steroids, it, it does crazy things to your body. I don't know. I mean, listen, it could be breast cancer. It could be high, high, uh, high thyroidism. It could be a lot of different things. I don't know. Obviously, Izzy doesn't look like a guy that's on steroids, uh, but who knows, right? But I'm not going to let Tittygate mark this flawless performance over people who pick cost to the win. Okay. I'm not going to let that damper this boys. Okay. I'm not going to let people give Izzy shit about the celebration. This was a bad blood fight. Izzy is who he is. That's what, pe- what people love, and that's why people hate him. The fake humping, everything after the fight is warranted after the buildup of this fight, right? After the white belt stuff, after all the memes. You talk shit before fight, he shook Kosta's hand in the cage, right? He's talking shit after fight because guess what? If Costa is who everyone thinks he is... He'll probably fight Izzy again one day. Were they supposed to just hug and make up and act like the beef was not real? So I can't understand what's going on with the MMA fans and masses. They meet in the hotel lobby for the first time, and it was very friendly and cordial. And everyone's like, ah, their beef's fake. This is bullshit. And then they get into it at the press conference. Then it's, oh, Izzy scripted. Then they get into it at the weigh-ins, and it's like, oh, uh, Izzy's a hothead, blah, 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 blah. And then he dominates him. I can't, I can't stress that enough. Dominates him, not even in the fight at all, just was a punching bag in there, right? Dominates him and acts like that after the fight because they had bad blood, but then now he's a bad guy. Yeah, he shouldn't have acted like that. Shut the fuck up. What'd you want him to do, right? He shook his hand, right? Did what he did, call, respectively called out Cannoneer, but he doesn't like this guy, right? I like that shit, right? John Jones, after he beat DC and he goes, I don't care. I don't like DC. Or when Ronda Rousey, um, everyone, bo- and I don't like Ronda Rousey. I have talked a lot of shit about Ronda Rousey. But when she was going to shake um, Misha, Tate shook her hand out to shake her hand, and R- Ronda walked away. I kind of like that shit. Like you were talking all that good shit before this fight. It's not over to me, right? This isn't over to me. And Izzy and Costa probably, if Costa is who everyone thinks he is, probably will fight again. Costa's now coming out calling Izzy. Human trash and all this shit. Shut up. You fuck mean, You literally call yourself the king of bitches. You got made a bitch on Saturday night. Take your L. Take it. Because that's what happened to you. Um, I'm excited for numerous reasons. Obviously, my two counterparts, Devin and Tim, both picked Costa. A good friend of mine, probably one of my best friends, right? Who I watch all the fights with. I didn't watch fights with him this weekend because he had fucking coronavirus or or is coming off coronavirus. Whatever it is. He texted me, day of fight. And said, "Costa's going to win. And he's an Izzy fan. He knows I'm a hardcore Izzy fan. And uh, it's a really good fuck you party to all them. Because I was confident. My confidence never wavered. Of course, I was nervous when, when they came out. And I was nervous during the fight. I mean, Costa hits relatively hard. He could knock somebody out. He could obviously catch Izzy. But it, there's levels to this boys, And there's levels to the striking, right? And uh, Izzy put on a, an incredible performance, knocked him out in the second round in, a, in very similar fashion to Robert Whittaker with that with that left hook. Um, you know, people were sleeping on Izzy's power and uh, the kicks were there. The kicks cut him. The leg kicks were brutal. His movement was flawless. I mean, Costa was like, well, why isn't Costa coming forward? Well, it's because he couldn't cut off the cage. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yo, Romero walked straight back. Uriah Hall walked straight back. Izzy's cutting angles. Izzy's moving. Paula Costa doesn't have the best footwork. Right, these guys that aren't walking straight back to the cage where let Costa unload on them. You know, yeah, they're, they're perfect opponents. Izzy's not like that, so I, I I'm for the celebration. I can't really express titty Gate, right? I uh I want to believe it's not steroids, but I'm also not going to get my advice from fucking IG comments for everyone trying to tear down Izzy because this was a monumental win. This was a huge fucking win for him. He's going on, I think, two more wins if he sleeps Cannoneer and he does and he fights. I mean, Whitaker again or maybe Acosta again at 185 or or another guy I'm forgetting. If he does that, I'm going to declare him the middleweight GOAT better than Anderson Silva. And then I think... It's time is now for him to pop up to 205 as well, because I think he'd knock Jan Blahovich out in one round, maybe two, because you know Izzy doesn't start fast. It's two rounds, second round knockout maybe. Jan's just too slow, too stiff, too whatever. We'll get to the Jan fight. Uh, yeah, let's just jump into 253 recap. I want to get the Izzy stuff out of the way first, because I love the man. Very happy. I want a lot of money on Izzy, okay? I need it, so... I don't know if I've talked about this. I want to get kind of a new microphone. I want to do like a new setup. I'm doing some spring cleaning. I sold a lot of shit, uh, selling a lot of shit of my podcast stuff. I sold like four microphones. This guy that owns like a recording studio. Cause I had these microphones acting like I'm going to get all these fucking guests in my office here. That ain't happening. So I'm like, well, you know what? I mean, the only guests I've had in the two and a half years I've done this in person was Chris Curtis, which I went to his house to do. And then was, um, Austin, right? And Chris doesn't live here anymore. And to be quite frank with you, Austin knows nothing about MMA and the podcasts we did were just us fucking off. And I don't think a lot of people like those. I don't feel like people think that we're as entertaining as we think we are. So if if Austin and I want to do something again, we'll do it again. And I'll just go get a microphone. But yeah, I sold those. I sold a bunch of shit. And so, uh, you know, I've always talked about how, um, gambling money is, is free money. You spend it, right? I had a decent amount my FanDuel account. I, you know, I, I've been up and down, up and down. I've broken even. Never really took. I haven't taken a big loss on the weekend yet. I've actually been hitting my parlays. Put a lot. Put five units on Izzy the win, right? And I propped him to finish as well. Uh, well, I propped him to. Yeah, finish, right. Not inside the distance. I didn't do roundovers, I didn't do I didn't pick a round. Um I should I almost picked third round TKO cuz that's really how I saw it going down. I saw some head kicks landing. I saw Costa going getting really slow and then I saw it ending the third round. And that was like plus I think like 500 something for Izzy. So that would have been nice, but I just sprinkled on that. I just touched a little bit, but I put most on the money line. Hit that hit my underdog parlay. We'll get to that, but your boy is flush. You know, I got I got some money to get the microphone. I don't know if I'm going to do it yet. I love the microphone I have now. Sound quality is important to me. Before we get to the thing, I just, you know, I've been listening to more and more independent, um, up and, not maybe not even up and coming, but independent podcasts that maybe even have more listeners than me that have definitely have a bigger online presence than me, bigger followers than me. Um, and some of them are very boring, like, right. Like, you know, uh, there's some podcasts out there that's just very dry. Not for me. There's some podcasts out there that, that cover MMA that do picks kind of like I do. And they're good. Now, obviously I'm not perfect. I could, I could work on things. We need to get better here, but I always strive for sound quality production, all that to be, to be what it is. Right. And a lot of these guys, I don't think have that. Um, I'm pushing to do more video stuff. I want to put out a video almost of every pick I do want to put that on YouTube. I know, some weeks I won't do it. Some weeks I will, you know, I'll have another baby on the way. I can't make any promises. <clears throat> I was going to do a blog this weekend, uh, but my, my Saturday got messed up. Wife, a couple clients canceled on my wife. So she's home all day. I know she probably didn't want to be filmed uh, while being pregnant, eight months pregnant because she's very critical on her herself. I think she looks absolutely fucking gorgeous, but you know, my Saturday got thrown off a little bit, but I was going to document what I do. Wake up with, with little one. Uh, come to my office, break down my bets, write my bets down. Go to Indiana. She drives with. She rides with me. Um, we go into this little gas station store thing. She gets, picks out her snack because she rides with dad. It's a whole little thing. It's cutesy. It's fucking fun. And then I was going to come back and obviously film myself watching the fights, watch my bets, yada, yada. Uh, I didn't do that. Right. And I want to do more video content. I really do. I like doing video content. I think it's good to get your face out there. Uh, we did a live stream for the Pickums, which, you know, a couple people watched, a couple people chimed in. That's awesome. Hopefully we can build on that. I've never been a big fan of going live simply the fact that I, I i almost think it's like embarrassing when you go live and there's like one person watching or like two people watching right because you watch these people go live like you know either on instagram live or facebook or whatever and they got like 50 fucking people watching or or fifty thousand, whatever the fuck it is and you're like oh wow damn i gotta kind of get out of that right i i, I like don't live I, I would love to answer questions i would love to you know get feedback from people and stuff like that so hopefully we'll build that i'm Currently in the works of of getting things together on the video end um with some stuff. So hopefully I got that stuff coming. I want to address that beforehand. And um, but yeah, so 253. If you listen to the pick on me, Devin, and Tim, the first three-way headed uh, card that we picked. Last time it was Devin and Tim versus me. I won. My big brain's bigger than their two. Two of their brains put together. My big brain is still bigger. This one was interesting. This one we went back and forth. I thought we had a lot of good picks. I was very confident in my picks. I was very top heavy on the card. So we'll start off. Um, Kalidas and Igabringoff versus Danilo Marquez. I'll, the only thing I'm going to say about this fight is one of the worst fights I've ever seen. It had no energy. It had no passion. These guys looked like it was the weirdest thing I've ever felt. There was like literally no aggression. There was nothing in this fight. Ibrahimov is like smiling when the guy's taking us back. They both slowed down. I'm pretty critical about fights, I will say. Like, you know, but not one fight really makes me mad like this one did. These guys were in there, and it just, it literally, I think they both should be cut. I hate to say that. They both should be cut. I hated this fight. We all were on Ibrahimov, the Russian, except Tim, last minute, switch to the... Brazilian, you got the underdog points there. Um, I didn't bet this fight. I stayed away from this fight, but fuck off. I hate everything about this. Actually, you know what? I did. I had this. I fucking... I put the Russian in my parlay, my, my chalk parlay. I did put him in there, and I, I regret it even more now. Next up, Juan Espino versus Jeff Hughes. This was just a fucking guy in a railroad tracks is getting run over by the train. Juan Espinino look big, look strong, right? He's older guy, but he looked really thick in there. He looked good. He took some time off. Jeff Hughes is, is, is your average heavyweight middle of the road. Um, they said on the broadcast is his team said, Oh, if it goes to the ground, we got some tricks. Really? You got choked out by a scarf hold, which again, you only going to see in the heavyweight division. You're only going to see when a guy who can do that is, has, uh, you know, a bigger frame and is powerful. Like Juan Espinino or Alexio Olenek, you don't see that much in the lower weights. You know, usually lower weight guys are the more skilled fighters, you know, generally. But, you know, Stephen Miocis is never going to get choked out by a Scarfold. It's just, it's one of those moves that's just not going to happen. It's easy defendable. Uh, you know, it's easy to get out of. It, Derek Lewis, all you got to do is withstand it. You're not going to go out. It's very painful. Jeff Hughes tapped out to that. Want us to, speak, you know, look pretty good. I want to see him a little more active. He's older. He's 40, 41, whatever he is. I, I, there's no title in this guy's future at all, but, um, it'd be nice if to see him get a little more active, see what he's got. You know, he's got some sloppy stand up, but he's pretty good on the ground. His wrestling's pretty good. He's heavy on top. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to see a little more of this guy. All right. William Knight versus Alexi Kamur. This fight kind of sunk too. Both I, Devin, and I, Devon, were on William Knight. This was one of my part, part one of my underdog parlay that cashed. Um, Kamur's done nothing for me. He's shown me nothing. Uh, this guy's got a lot of knockouts on his record before he came in UFC. He's only 6-0, right? His UFC debut, he looked really sloppy. He got tired. He got rocked by Justin Ledette. He's got pillow hands. William Knight, big, big, powerful guy. A lot of people question his cardio. I'm one of those people who question his cardio. <clears throat> you can't be built like that and not have a little cardio issue. You can't. But William Knight showed up. He, he definitely he grappled a lot in this fight. For whatever reason, Kamur just really wanted to grapple, really wanted to clinch with William Knight, which I thought was a dumb idea. William Knight's takedowns aren't the smoothest in the world. They're definitely not the most technical, but he's so powerful and strong he can get it done. And he's really tough to hold down. He's he's good on the scrambles because he's kind of smaller frame and he's powerful. Uh, Alexa Kamur, ov- obviously not a well-known grappler. I think he's fairly well-rounded, but not really Um, I'm really surprised he didn't use his range in this. I mean, William Knight is a powerful guy, but he keeps his chin straight up in the air. His arms are very short. You got the reach advantage. Kamur's got knockouts on his record. I'm really shocked how he performed. I don't really care because I I won the fight on Knight. I was actually surprised Knight was as big as the underdog as he was because Kamur, again, not that explosive of a guy. I think he's going to have a hard time in the OC from here on out. Um, fought really dumb though. If I was him, I would have, I would have tried to box William Knight up. Maybe he's afraid of the power, whatever it was. Um, yeah, not my favorite fight of the night, but I did hit the, uh, hit the parlay. Shane Young versus Lodeville Klein. So Klein missed weight by a lot. Izzy kind of complained to Dana immediately after the fight, um, about this. I mean, he missed weight by five, five pounds and then just gave up. Uh, he had 90 minutes to try to cut weight and he's drinking. Like, he's just like, I'm accepting it. He did take the fight on short notice. Knocked out Shane Young pretty bad. We all were on a little bit of Klein. It was mine and Devin's underdog. He wasn't an underdog. He ended up closing as a favorite. <clears throat> so we're splitting hairs there, but we got the underdog points. But we all were on Klein, so it doesn't really matter. He looked good, right? He looked good. He looked big. That Czech scene, uh, I know he's from Slovakia or whatever, but that Czech Republic scene, that, that little middle part there in Europe, is starting to look really blossom right now. They've got some really tough guys, really good strikers, really powerful dudes. This guy is one of them. I would love to see him at 145 after he actually cuts weight. I would like to see him fight maybe a wrestler, maybe a guy who's going to challenge his grappling. He looks really well built for that division. He's clearly powerful. He's got a good head kick. He has a good uppercut. Shane Young's a dog, right? Shane Young doesn't really get finished like that. Uh, He got put out in the first round. Could have been the weight thing, sure. Uh, I think Ludwig Klein wins that fight 10 out of 10 times, uh, weight or not. Um, I just think he matches up really well with Shenyang. Young is just a brawler. He's going to get in there. He's going to make it ugly. He's got good cardio, but when you got a sharpshooter like that, just, just fucking sniping you. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you're going to lose that nine, uh, 10 times out of 10. Uh, I'm excited to see Klein though. I'm excited to see him move forward. Hopefully, you know, a lot of these guys are turning around quickly. I don't know if he's going to stay on fight Island or not. If, if not, let's see him in November. At 145, or maybe even go up to 55. If you if you can't make that 45 cut, you're a good size. You're muscled up. Go up to 55, right? I don't know. You'll definitely have the speed advantage. Next up, Diego Sanchez or Jake Matthews. We all run Jake Matthews except Tim. Uh, you know, Tim just trying to get some points here. Diego Sanchez with one of the worst flying knees I've ever seen. Uh, if you haven't seen it, just type Diego Sanchez into your Twitter, and it'll be probably the first little video that pops up. I, I forget what round it was, second or third round. He runs out. Tries to do a moss on knee, has his hands behind his back. It's the slowest thing you've ever seen. My knee, I have a, on my Instagram. It may takes podcast. I did a moss little flying knee. I'm 270 pounds. I weigh 100 more pounds than Diego Sanchez, and mine was faster than that. Okay, uh, and I'm not just saying that because you know I, I have an ego. It legitimately was, but it was the slowest thing ever. And then may, Matthews just hit him with a left hook. It was a sad display. Like Diego is still dangerous on the ground. I don't know why he didn't really force us on the ground. Matthews is. Was bigger, stronger, younger, more athletic. Um, doesn't punch very hard, right? He piece, he pieced Diego up, but if this guy had any kind of power in his hands, he would have probably finished Diego Sanchez. Diego just looked lost out there, right? He just looked like he hadn't been training like he should have been. Didn't look like he did much sparring. Um, his grappling is still good. Like, listen, this guy, you can't submit this fucking guy. He had a nice little, he had a couple of nice on bar attempts off his back. Stefan Bonner in his corner. That guy's a complete fucking joke. Um, Early in the week, uh, if you watched Dana White looking for a fight, uh, Fabia, the coach of Diego Sanchez, the famous coach of Diego Sanchez, approaches Matt Sarah and Sarah tells him, to Go fuck himself. I actually love that. Like, you know what? Like, y- y- you got one fighter than UFC that you basically brainwashed. You're coming up to an established coach like Sarah and you're asking him, Hey, can you put some respect on my name? You got to earn respect in this business. And you're running around chasing dudes with knives and you're doing like this whole weird breathing stuff and stretching stuff. Like, man, like prove that it works and then maybe we'll respect you. But it clearly doesn't like it. You, I mean, the guy's a fucking psychopath. All right. Brad Riddell <clears throat> versus Alex Silva. Very good fight. Alex Da Silva. A lot more muscly than I thought. Kind of looked like a Brazilian Kevin Lee, right? Just a Kevin Lee that just wasn't quite finished yet when you're creating your character. Um, He was big, though. He's big and strong. He definitely slowed down. Rodell for being a guy who only has this amount of MMA fights, who's primarily a kickboxer, has some really good takedowns uh, and really good takedown defense as well. He's a muscly dude, but he's got good cardio. His striking to me is a little overrated. I mean, Da Silva kind of pieced him up in that first round. Um, Riddell's kind of got shorter arms, shorter legs. You know, his composure is really good, but he 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 hasn't finished anybody. He's three, three wins in the UFC, by, all by decision. You know, he should have knocked out Malarkey. Magumum is a very tough out. Alex Silva is a tough out as well. Um, but I feel like there's knockout potential there. If you're this world-class class kickboxer with all these kickboxing fights, you got to start knocking people out. Um, especially at this weight class, 155 pounds, if you want to get recognized, you got to some people out, but I'm impressed with his takedown offense, his ability to get up and, you know, Silva's a good submission guy. had him, uh, had him a couple opportunities on the ground and just couldn't capitalize and it was an entertaining fight. Riddell, I thought, um, maybe had some bad fight IQ at the end. I think he said that his corner was yelling for a takedown and he wanted to stand up. I thought he had a chance to maybe, maybe not finish Silva, but definitely piece him up and really put a stamp on that round. But he ended up shooting on the legs, getting a takedown. He he basically opted for the decision when I thought there was a finish there. I'm going to see, need to see more urgency out of him. I really like Riddell. Um, <clears throat> As long as his cardio holds up, I think he's going to be really tough out Uh, because I think he's that good. I think he can really mix things up really well. And um, you know, when he goes against grapplers, they're going to have a hard time with him because if his cardio holds up, his takedown offense, he's obviously clearly strong too. He's, he's well built. Um, we all were on Riddell though. That was, uh, Tim's moral lock. So you got some points there, by the way, if I haven't mentioned it, Tim, won. let's give it up to Tim Mitchell. I mean, is this applause? Hey, Timbo. I should have led with that. Tim won. he won four to three. Devin and I tied it, it, you, you guys are not a part of our group chat, but Devin has been asking us to call him King and sir and champ and, all these other names because he beat me last time, barely, right? Um, The guy forgets that two months ago, he literally did not score a point when we did a pick him. But, you know, I'm not going to bring that up. I just did. Fuck off. Uh, But no, Tim won. Tim Tim went out here and picked a really, really good card. He was one fight away from winning like 30 grand on DraftKings if Dominic Reyes would have won. He was like 30K away. He had almost a perfect card. And the only benefit was, I mean, listen. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later. We'll get, I, I, I got thoughts on that. Okay. So Hakeem Daladu versus Zubara Tukagagov. Really good fight. I like this fight. I had the win, the fight to, uh, to Hakeem. I can't talk. He was my final leg of my uh, underdog parlay. So I won some good money on this. Regardless of money or not, I picked Hakeem to win. I thought he pieced up Zubara. Zubara had a pretty good first round. But it was very close. Some people scored for Hakeem. Some people sc- scored it for Zubara. I actually had Hakeem winning the second round, even though Zubara got that takedown. I thought it was close, but I think Zubara did nothing with the takedown, just try to c- control position. And the third round, he ran away the whole time, right? He, he did nothing, and clearly Hakeem won the third round. I had a 29-28 Hakeem. One judge had a 30-27 Hakeem, which Devin was irate. I feel like if you're going to give any fighter th- all three rounds, it's Hakeem. Um, I really don't think it was that close of a fight. I mean, it, I don't wouldn't say robbery by any means. It's not a robbery. I Hakeem winning. Zubara, if he would have fought that third round, he looked like he slowed down, looked like he didn't want to engage. He thought he was up two rounds. He was trying to get a <clears throat> squeak out a decision, and I'm glad he lost. Fighters need to have some urgency in there. He was okay with getting a decision win after missing weight. He was okay with that, right? He's like, I'm not gonna get a finish. I'm not gonna get a, a performance bonus anyway. So why am I gonna go out here and try and knock this guy out? I missed weight by five pounds, right? Fuck it. I don't, I don't care. I got I'm up two rounds when he wasn't. Hakeem pussy action. They were screaming at each other. Uh, or Hakeem was screaming at him. I don't think Zubar speaks all that well of English. Uh, apparently neither do I. <laughs> but uh, I Hakeem winning that, right? I thought that was a really good fight for Hakeem. I think he needed to prove that. I think he's a young fighter. He's 12-1 one and one now. He needs to believe in himself a little more. I don't think he has like explosive power. I think his hands are very good. He was mixing the body up really well with the head. The kicks are really good. But I think if he just really stuck to his striking, his takedown defense is good. His fucking cardio is unreal. I think he can be a problem. Sometimes I think feel like he gets a little overwhelmed. I think he worries about defense too much, which can be a good thing. But sometimes you gotta be offensive as well. I think he was offensive in this fight, but I feel like there's a lot more talent there. Again, he's young, but a guy to watch. Um that's easy money parlay. He was a plus one. I got him at plus 100. I think he closed at like plus 105. So uh you got a good value in your buck there. All right, Caitlin Vieira versus Sajar Eubanks. Vera won the decision. Vera usually gasses and she did not. She, you know, she's coming off the Adana knockout, she looked really good. Sarge. Uh, couldn't get it done both Tim and I had Sarge she was good money on her dog uh, I didn't play this fight I didn't bet this fight up, but I picked Sarge Vieira won all three rounds she looked good Sarge had no answers and uh, Vieira bounced back well not much to say I thought it was a pretty good fight for Vieira she looked tough in there she took some shots which is a big indicator that you're, you're, you're there mentally after getting knocked out like she was and it looked like she cleaned up her cardio because her cardio had been an issue and uh, yeah she went out there and beat a Sarge Eubanks who is coming off one of the biggest wins of her career had some momentum and Vieira uh, kind of took that from so good for Kay- Caitlin, Vieira there. Kaikara France was Brandon Ravel won the best fights. tonight. I think this did win fight the night. I was the only one who had Kaikara Devin and Tim both had, um, uh, Ravel great underdog pick. I flirted with Ravel earlier in the week. I just thought Kaikara was just a little too, um, technical. Right. And that actually was his downfall, Right. Uh, Rovell's a little wild. He's 5'9, 125, and he's long. He's lanky. He doesn't throw anything like super, like correct, right? He's in your face. He's willing to throw. <clears throat> and he's kind of a wild dude in there. He's very exciting, you know. He got caught with a big right hand by uh Kai, and then when he got dropped, he spinning, elbowed, spinning elbow dropped Kai, one of the best exchanges you've ever seen, one of the rounds of the year. Um, awesome stuff. And then he went out there and he, and, and Kai put himself in a fucking guillotine, like an idiot. And he got choked out, which was dumb. Uh, Revol, uh, I keep saying Ravel. It's not Darren Ravel. It's Roval, Royval, Royval, Brian, Royval, Roy likes to play ball. Royval. Um, he looked awesome. He really did. He, he, he was fantastic in that. I'm going to keep an eye on him. I think his post fight was awesome. He's like, I, I he thought he had a shitty performance, which he didn't. I just started for him on Twitter. He's funny on Twitter. You know, he came out to Old Dirty Bastard, which is a great come out, you know, walkout song. Uh, this kid's tough, man. He came from a good organization. He's fought a lot of tough guys. He's 2 0 the UFC against two elite guys at 125. Um, if Cody is jumping the line at 125, I think a Brandon Moreno, Brandon Revolve fight makes a lot of sense. I know a lot of people like that might be too soon. I love it, right? Moreno wants to fight. Roval's legit, right? Let's do it because Kai Kara probably would have got Moreno or Moreno rematch anyway, right? Moreno has a win over Kai Kara, but that was Kai Kara's detriment. What I thought was going to be his best quality, his really tight striking, is really he's really technical, end up being his downfall because that technical really didn't open anything up for him, right? And uh, Raval took advantage of that in uh, awesome performance. Coming event for the light heavyweight title: Reyes versus Jan. I had Reyes. Obviously, I had him in a parlay as well. He lost. Um, so that sucks. Jan Blachowicz, new light heavyweight champion, which is crazy to say. This is where Tim fucked up, right? So Tim plays DraftKings. And if you don't know what DraftKings is, basically, you got to build your card. You got to buy fighters and you got to try to buy fighters at a lo- whatever DraftKings values a map. You got to buy them and you got to make sure they finish or have a good performance and all stats matter. Then you got to score points, almost like fantasy football. You draft your lineup of five fighters and hopefully they all have like the performance of the night, right? Knockout gets you X amount of points, all this stuff, right? He picked Yon on our pickums. He was very confident in the underdog money. He also was very confident that that was a send him home. That won him the points. If Reyes would have won, I would have won the thing. I would have won the the thing, but Jan won Tim the points, won them our them challenge. Well, let's be honest. That's the most important thing. Not really. Our pick'ems are fun, but and it's always money over pick'ems. If you gotta live and die with your picks, right? I come on here all the time and I'll tell you, like, hey, I'm picking this guy, official picks, but I'm not betting it. I'm not playing it, and I never do. You gotta lay and you gotta die with your picks. He picked Jan and he picked him to finish. You take that shit to DraftKings, you're 30 grand richer today, right? It's a tough pill to swallow. I don't want to rub salt in the wound. I root for my guy. I wish my guy won all that money. That would have been fan-fucking-tastic. But you live and die with your picks. Jan was your pick as a plus 225 under. Jan was your send him home Live and die with your picks. Don't be sus. You suspect. Don't be suspect. Go hunting. All right, uh, this fight. Listen, I had Reyes. I thought Reyes would be <clears throat> more athletic, more dynamic. The guy stood there, right? Yanblahovich is so stiff, and he's powerful, but he's stiff, and none of his strikes look all that clean or impressive. They're definitely kind of herky jerky, but they work. Like that leg kick, that body—excuse me, that body kick he was throwing. That fucked up uh, Dom uh, Dom Reyes aside. That looked the ugliest shit that's like day one tie bow stuff but it was working and it was landing and it obviously was fucking affecting dom i saw dom drop his uh right hand quite a bit when that kick was happening um and then dom just didn't do anything he didn't really explode he didn't throw his left hand he fought a little reserved and i almost felt like he fought like he didn't want to get tired because in the jones fight he came out with his hair on fire right and he slowed down i feel like he was complaining about the five week camp that he didn't have enough time to prepare, and I he, the big knock on him was he got tired in the Jones fight. I think he's a little he was a little gun shy in the beginning because he did not want to get tired. Problem is is you're going against Jan who's coming at you right. Jan's not going to get tired. Jan's coming right at you. The punches, the sequence that knocked out Reyes was a little weird. There were a lot of arm punches. They weren't the most powerful. At least they didn't look powerful, but they knocked Reyes down, and and, and Jan finished. And Jan Blahovic is a light heavyweight champion. Never thought I would say that. He's 37 years old. He started his UFC UFC career at 2-4. This is a guy that lost to Pat Cummings. Um, And it's it's wild that he's a champion. I don't think he'll be championing long. I'm not overly impressed with Jan. I never have been. I slept on him his whole career. I'm not going to jump on it now. I will say this though. I saw the video of him coming back to Poland and it was like a like a heroes parade. That's awesome to see, right? Poland has now two MMA champions, or you know, Jan and then Joanna, who's not a champion, but she was. Good to see, right? Not a lot of great shit comes from Poland. You don't hear about Poland all that much. But uh yeah, so good for Jan. I like the heroes. Welcome. That was cool. Um, but yeah, I think he's gonna have trouble. I think if Santos. Beats Glover. You got to give the fight to Santos since he's got a knockout over Jan. And I think Santos probably knocks him out again, right? Or, you know, at least wins, if not knockout. And then I think it's going to be revolving door at 205 until we get a guy in there that's really going to kind of put the stamp on things, right? You know, I got a guy, Yuri Prasaga. He's only fought once, though, so I can't say he's going to be the guy. He's a little wild in there. Uh, He did get caught by Vulcan, so... Um, y- 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 I don't know if he's going to be champion for, you know, like John Jones or anything like that, but I do think you he's going to be champion. Um, but yeah, good, 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 uh, co-main event there. Reyes got fan. So I was a little surprised by that. I know Tim who didn't like Dom Reyes before this definitely is not going to like Dom Reyes now. Cause I said before he had Dom Reyes instead of, uh, yon and his DraftKings and that cost him about 30 K. So, uh, Dom Reyes, you're dead. To certain people. Uh, Izzy main event, we already went over that. Um, there's not much more to go over besides this Izzy look flawless in there. I mean, listen, I was saying before, everyone's like, oh, well, Costa's going to move forward and Izzy's not going to know what to do because, you know, he didn't know what to do with Romero. And that's just the dumbest thing ever, right? Um, Izzy did not fight his best against Joe Romero, obviously, but Joe Romero stunk up the joint too. It was it, was, it was Two sides of each coin here. And with Costa, Costa was kind of pushing forward, but he was getting get running the leg kicks. He acted like they didn't hurt. He kept asking him to kick him, but at the end of the fight, his leg was like fucking purple. He already had some cupping on his calf, which was weird. Uh, maybe some injury happened or whatever. I don't know. And then, uh, you know, Izzy just picked him apart with the jab. Didn't throw many right hands. Just really kind of switch stances, but jabbed him, kicked him, um, kept going for head kicks. Kept missing early. Caught him in the in the second. Grazed him, cut him. That kind of fucked up. Uh, Costa a little bit. And then when they finally got into exchange range, left hook similar to uh, the Robert Whitaker knockout. Clipped Costa. Costa went down. Izzy mounted and just he's a fucking killer. Like he sees blood, he's gonna jump on it. He just looked flawless. It was a flawless victory. I mean, it really was. Is he didn't get touched? He got jabbed maybe once by this guy who was supposed to knock him out, according to the experts. And uh he went out there and he fucking performed unbelievable. I can't. I'm just so happy. I'm elated. I didn't go to bed at 4 a.m. on Saturday because I was so fucking jacked up from that. I literally watched Avengers Endgame because I'm like, all right, what's gonna put me to sleep? Disney Plus Avengers Endgame. That movie's like four hours long, right? Just watched the whole fucking thing. Couldn't fall asleep. I was so jacked up about the Izzy win. And I can't wait to watch him fight Cannonier. I hope Cannonier beats Whitaker because unfortunately, I think Whitaker is going to get knocked out by Izzy if they fight again. I mean, sure, I'd love to see it. i love to see Izzy knock him out. But is an interesting guy. He definitely deserves a shot. If he beats Whitaker, um, you know, Cannonier's kind of unique style, right? He can wrestle, he can grapple, he's big, he's strong. His striking is not that great, but it's powerful. He's got some good kicks. He's he's definitely one of the more evolved fighters, you know, from day one. From since I saw him on day one, Uh, awesome stuff. Uh, And the only other thing I have here on my notes that we talk about, I don't want to go too long. We're about forty minutes. Is Connor Dana got a little beef here? You know, I you know it's not a podcast. I don't talk about Connor. I usually don't want to talk about him every single time, but unfortunately, he's in the news. This is newsworthy. Let me take a little drinky here. So. Connor released DMs between him and Danny, which I found odd. Why wouldn't Danny just text him or call him? I'm sure they talk on the phone, but why, why all this stuff through DMs? So it was about um, him fighting, right? And this past year, after he fought Cerrone, he wanted to fight in May. And Danny goes, no, we don't have May. We have July. And he goes, no, I want to fight May. Then I want to fight in August. He's like, said, I want to fight Diego Sanchez in August, which... Listen, Connor, I love you, but you, you, you just stay away from the Diego fight. That's that's a joke of a fight, right? And there's a lot of, a lot of reports that you know he turned down Justin, which I think he did. Justin Ali got in the conversation and said, "No, no, no, you were supposed to fight me in January, but you chose Cowboy, and then you wanted someone else in May. We it July. You wouldn't wait for me in July." So basically, what's happening here is uh, Dana's kind of pissed. Dana's like, "Hey, that's a man code. You don't release DMs." Connor said something like, Hey, you broke the man code when you said I turned down Justin or whatever. I don't think there's any wrong or right here. I think what's happening is, is Connor thinks that he dictates when he fights and he kind of does. But when the UFC comes to you and says, Hey, we got Gaethje in May. He goes, no, I want to do it in July or I'm not doing it. Then that's not really turning down a fight, but kind of right. You know what I mean? Like, you fought in January, Connor. You you fought for forty seven seconds or whatever it was, under a minute. You knocked out Cowboy in January. I know COVID was going on. COVID was very big in May. Um, Europe got hit and all, all that stuff. And I, I know he was a big advocate in, of Ireland with the with the whole COVID situation. But January to May isn't that big of a leap, right? You know, or maybe oh no, excuse me. Uh, he wanted to fight in July, right? What did I say? I fucked it up. I don't know. So he fought in January. He went to fight in July. Or May, excuse me. And Justin said, no, let's fight in July. Conor's like, no, I want to fight in May. Right? So wait two months. Fight in July. So it's kind of turning it down. It's kind of not whatever. Ali came out and said, you're not fighting. Apparently, he he's now fighting Manny Pacquiao, which I absolute fucking hate. I think Manny Pacquiao is going to box him up. You got a 41-year-old Manny Pacquiao who is... If he fought in the UFC, he'd probably fight at 135 pounds. He probably could make 125 if he really he if you ever look at Manny Pacquiao, he's got some big fucking legs on him. He's got some big calves. So I don't know if he can make 25, but he definitely can make one one uh 135, right? Without without question. You know, he fought lower in, in his career. I know he's at 140, 147. He's gonna be fighting Connor at like 150 something, probably, right? 154, 155. He's so much smaller in Connor, but it's Manny Pacquiao. Boxing's a different sport. Conor's too slow. He's not going to land anything on Pacquiao. Pacquiao's such an awkward boxer, and he's so fast, and he cuts crazy angles. He's also a Southpaw, just like Conor is. I think that's the worst thing to do for your career. If you're Conor McGregor, you need to win fights right now, right? With all the shit going on, with you exposing your dick, allegedly, with all, all these drug rumors and all these sexual assault rumors and all this shit going on in your life. You're Conor McGregor because you won fights, right? You have an electric personality. You're going to be famous probably the rest of your life, right? Let's just be honest. But you're not going to be worth a shit unless you win fights. Going into the boxing world and fighting in Saudi Arabia against a 41-year-old wash Manny Pacquiao and then getting embarrassed, which is what's going to happen, not the best look for your career. Obviously, Conor wants the big payday. He's going to get paid a shit ton of money with Manny Pacquiao. That kind of hurts my heart that paydays are more important than uh, legacy or, or winning fights in Con- for Conor. I know he's saying that he wanted to fight in the UFC uh, and you know he wanted to fight in May, he wanted to fight in August, he wanted to fight this, blah, blah, blah. Problem is UFC obviously took a hit with COVID and then I heard rumors that um, it was a whole like they didn't want to miss out on the live gate. Which I feel like might make sense, but also I feel like it's kind of bullshit because if you put Conor McGregor on pay per view, it's still going to make money. You got to give this fight guy fights. Now Conor McGregor is coming in going okay because you know he gets a cut of merch, he gets a cut of gate, he gets a cut of pay per view. That's how they make up a salary. You know he's getting paid thirty million dollars a fight probably for the UFC. If the UFC financially, I know their their parent company isn't doing so hot with Hollywood being shut down. But if they're like, we can't afford your thirty million salary without a live gate are you willing to take 15, 10, 15 on just pay-per-view and then a base? And if he said, no, you're paying me my 30. Then, you know, the UFC has got some wiggle room there because you know, they, they just can't afford it. Right. Um, so how bad does Connor want to fight? Does Connor want to fight? Cause he gets paid $30 million. He's want to fight because of legacy. Clearly he's taking the Pacquiao fight because, uh, because he wants the money. I mean, why else would you take that fight? It's the riskiest fight of them all. And, And I think he's absolutely going to get fucking smacked around in there. Um, Connor made this post on Instagram. It's very long, so bear with me. The very first shot, it was a picture of him hitting Floyd with a straight left hand through Floyd's guard. Um, By the way, listen, I love you, Connor. I'm a boxing fan. I'm a Floyd Mayweather fan. Floyd carried you in that fight. It's a fact, right? He had to make a fight out of it. He smiled at everything you did. Um, boxing, your punches look slow and labored in the boxing realm. You're an incredible MMA fighter, but you just, it's, you're just not a boxer, right? I, I just don't think you're going to beat many boxers at the highest level, right? I just don't see it. But so he posted this on, this is the last thing I'll talk about here before we close up, you posted this on Instagram, go check it out. The Taurus on Instagram, the very first shot of the fight ran the button through the guard. I didn't even put anything into that shot. Just placed it. It was hard for me not to dwell on the full 12 rounds that were potentially ahead of me and hold my shots early. Still, though, right on my absolute button. The first punch start. Remember, the extra saying I wouldn't land even one. LOL. I landed more than them all. The pitcher above is the very first punch of the fight. Thrown and landed and inside the very first second of the fight. Bums all of them. Experts. Listen to none of them. Really, I should have just sat right through the shot and took his head off. Fuck the distance. If I didn't put work out. If it didn't work out, just give him a good boot to the neck, get DQ'd and fine, and who gives a fuck? I'm upset I fully followed the rules for that fight, to be honest. Floyd deserved a volley at the least. A shoulder, even. Break the face. Maybe not so much, though, I don't think. But we'll see the buildup goes, blah, blah. So it goes on like that. You can read it. But I want to read that part about the DQ thing. Clearly, there was something set in place. Like, hey, Connor, if you throw a head kick, if you if you throw a knee and elbow or whatever, you're getting fined. He mentions that he goes, "Listen, I'll take the fine. My whiskey's at a half a billy. If I'm losing the boxing, why not throw a kick? I actually thought that. I was like, if he starts getting pieced up, just throw a fucking head kick and just get disqualified, right? And then yeah, you're gonna get fined a ton of money. You might lose your purse, but then you can be like, well, let's let him because you know there was rumors that Floyd was gonna fight MMA." Kick him in his fucking head, knock him out and be like, hey, uh, you know, that's what happens if he came over to MMA. Fuck this boxing stuff. I think that would have been amazing for his career. I really did. I think he would have never been allowed in boxing. All these experts would have called him a, a, a psycho, a bomb, a this or that or whatever. But I thought that's how you should have handled it. If I'm being honest with you, I'm a fucking sick person though. All right, that's it. Pick him this week. Really, really weak card Saturday. Starts like 1030 or something. The main card. It's not great. The undercard's better than the main card. I'm obviously going to give you all my picks. I might do it on video. I don't know yet. It's kind of a weak card. I'm still kind of figuring some stuff out on that end. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's the show. I love you guys. Well, I love you guys. Now I'm not going to start that. I like you guys. Subscribe to MMA takes podcast on Twitter. Wait, subscribe on YouTube. MMA takes podcast. We're going to be going live a little more and follow on Twitter. MMA takes podcast and Instagram. MMA takes podcast. And yeah. Woo! Say. Woo! I said I let her dance. Woo! 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 Come on baby. Woo! Hey Woo! Pa, we don't want to come. on motherfucker back. Come on. come on. Motherfucker. Escort this gentleman to the door. Huh. you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dolan.